Many millennia ago, at the peak of Mount Hermon in the Golan Heights, a group of divine beings known as the Watchers, or Sons of God, descended in an act of rebellion against their king, Yahweh. By teaching them the secret knowledge of the cosmos, they sought to wrestle dominion of the earth away from humanity. They bore children with them, and their offspring were both human and divine. These giants are the demigods of old, and the events that transpired would forever alter the course of human history. At Camp Hermon, we discuss the oddities of the ancient world and their lingering impact on our world today. Welcome. So, so where do you want to get started? I, I kind of have, I kind of wanted to get into a little bit about the history of the DNR a little bit, and then what I know from what I've heard on firsthand accounts from one guy that's a whistleblower from the DNR and another guy that uh, has seen some things across the border. He's actually in Mexico. Between those two, I've gotten a lot of my intel, a lot of my information. And once again, uh, I, I'll just tell your audience and yourself, I've never seen a Bigfoot and I've never seen a dog man. And I've never seen what this third cryptid that the DNR labels as a werewolf. I have personally never seen one. So I'm not your local area expert there. But I do know that these things exist. I, from just accountability from from firsthand knowledge, I knew these things exist. And there's other things in God's great creation that uh, exist as well that the public's kind of getting blinded to right now. Um, there's We could talk about some of those entities uh, later on. But I just want to give you some numbers and you and your audience some numbers just to, you know, toss it around their brain. Let, let them think outside the box tonight or whenever they're going to end up listening to this uh, podcast every year for the last 100 years uh, we have discovered 600 to a thousand new ocean species every year for the last hundred years okay just let that uh just kind of melt in your boiler maker for a little while and then i want you to hear this 18,000 new species of animal and plant are found each year on land. I'm talking 18,000 new species of animals and plants are found on the earth every year. And scientists know these numbers and they are the ones that are discovering them. Some of them, you know, stumble upon them. Some of them are looking for them. So I want you just to think about these numbers. It wasn't until 1847, uh, the first, the first gorilla skull was found. We didn't even know, we, nev we never had any uh, evidence beyond a shadow of a doubt that gorillas existed on planet Earth until 1847. And that was only with the skull. He only found the skull. He didn't see an actual gorilla. And it wasn't until 2004, just recently, that we identified the giant squid. Before that, it was folklore. Before that, it was legend. So I want everyone to know kind of where I stand. I am a believer in Bigfoot. I'm a believer in Dogman. I'm a believer 
and werewolves. I'm a believer in giants, crawlers, shapeshifters, wendigos. Uh, the whole the whole hierarchy of, of demonic activity. And you've heard my firsthand account from that. I am also a believer in skinwalkers. And what a lot of people don't talk about, I'm a believer in large, amphibious, bipedal uh, cryptids. Large, amphibious, bipedal cryptids. I'm also a believer in that from a good buddy of mine in the special services that uh, firsthand uh, came across one of these things. So I just that's kind of my intro into wherever you want to go, Chris. Um, sorry for hogging the mic. No, Mr. Frosty, that is why you're here. You are here to hog the mic. That last thing that you said, can you repeat that? Can you yeah. give it a name? Okay, so I don't want to I don't want to call this a merman. I do not want to call it a mermaid because these things can walk. I'm calling it a large amphibious bipedal cryptid. It, it, it has two arms, two legs, but goes into the ocean. And I've heard three accounts, three accounts of these from three different people. And I'm going to be honest with you. Only one of them I, I, I know and trust. But I've heard three accounts of these things. The two other accounts, I didn't know those people that well. But the one account, I knew this person very well. And it was out when he was scuba diving and things went wrong. And he actually had to float on a, a large buoy out in the middle of, of nowhere for several hours. And this thing came up out of the water and basically just looked, stared him down. So, uh. I believe every word that this guy told me about that story, and uh, we could talk about that later, but it, I kind of wanted to get into just the DNR, who they are, um, every uh, just kind of their history, why does the United States have a DNR, and things of that nature, if that's okay. Yeah, so the DNR you told us a little bit about uh, on, you know, when we had you on the first time. And that stands for the Department of Natural Resources. So, yeah, I'm going to let you tell us all about it, man. Okay. So, uh, like Chris said, uh, the DNR is the Department of Natural Resources. Each state has an organization. Uh, so, it's a state-to-state -state legislature. Uh, each state has, uh, has a different hierarchy when it comes to structure. Some states have multiple groupings within the department. Uh, other states have uh, more simple groupings. Uh, for instance, one will be in one group of the DNR in the state of, uh, what's to say, the state of Missouri would be in charge of fish, fisheries, fish and fisheries. Then another one will be a part of game and wildlife. Then another one will be a part of uh, conservation. And then another team will be a part of uh, helping natural, uh, helping, uh, helping the local national parks. So, and then within those groups, there might be subgroups within your state structure where some guys are really kind of like a task force. They're going to do search and rescue operations. They're going to go help, uh, national park services. They might help the state troopers. So they're kind of like a, uh, there's, and I don't know, I don't even know if he, every state has this. I know uh, the states that, uh, that I'm aware of on the East Coast, 
they do have a structure and a like kind of like a SWAT team type. And these guys uh, will, you know, help the state troopers, help the, the national parks and help the forest forestry services. So that's what I'm aware of. And then um, basically the it's the DNR goes back into the early 1900s, even at the end of 1800. Uh, we kind of knew as uh, as a nation that we needed to start taking care of our resources. Um, there was a quote from one of, uh, it was Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson said that it would take a hundred generations to populate and take take uh, take our America's resources. It would take a hundred centuries. Thomas Jefferson was quoting this. He said, "Our land is so vast that it would take a hundred centuries." Uh, I'm sorry, I said 100 centuries, 100 generations. So by Teddy Roosevelt time, uh, we realized that Thomas Jefferson was wrong and that we needed to kind of keep an eye on our natural resources. So by 1901, 1901, the first official DNR was set up in Virginia. And it's not even called DNR in Virginia. This is where it gets confusing. It's called the Department of Wildlife Resources in Virginia. And Virginia really was like the oldest, uh, one of the oldest, and they kind of paved the way to what the structure should look like within the state. So Virginia is called the Department of Wildlife Resources. And, and they, that's what they basically, that's what they constitute as a D, their, their DNR, the Department of Natural Resources. Same thing, right? So Virginia models this in about 1903, the Virginia Assembly says, okay, we need to put a conservation effort here in, in the state of Virginia. And from that kind of was the beginning point to having game wardens. And, pe and each township and each town in, that, in the early 1900s would have two game wardens paid off by the state. And, and then they started coming up with new ideas to bring in tax tax money and start taxing uh taxing the people on fish and game and charging for licenses and uh, honestly i don't know how much revenue each state is bringing in uh through fish and hunting and boating licenses but that money goes to your local dnr so i say all this to say this so uh by 1917 the states in the New Republic, they were pretty much all on board that we need our own Department of Natural Resources to look over our local resources. And that's kind of, that's kind of uh, the reasons why that uh, each state and the United States kind of blessed, blessed this idea. But what's so interesting is that each state, it's very difficult to get information from state to state right it's not a th these aren't federal organizations and it's easier to find more mainstream uh, uh fine line fine silver coated information when it comes out of federal a federal entity so i think this is very interesting when it comes to covering up cryptid activity in each state it goes state to state basis. It's it's like they have a, a very good cover. They they have a pot. They have a pot 
or a bushel or a basket covering your state's information, and they got a good grip on it. I'm going to be honest with you. They have a very good grip on it. They don't let information come out of your state very easily. And they know that each state is not the same. And states, a lot of states that keep quiet about their information, a lot of their local information gets quieted. And uh, along the same time in, in the early 1900s, the Board of Education is getting birthed too. Rockefeller gave the first million dollars to support the Board of Education to be a na nationwide organization on education. So even before the early 1900s, each town had its school. And in its school, it was getting taught local history. It was getting taught Bible, um, Bible knowledge, Bible scripture. It was getting talked about giants that lived in David's day. It was getting talked about Moses parting the Red Sea. It was getting talked about local information. And uh, it's funny to me at that same time, uh, basically, when the Board of Education hit, all those local schools, they weren't allowed to teach that history anymore. They had to get taught what the nation declared as its history. All right. Hey, just cut me off at any time if this is just too much information, okay? No, you're good, man. Roll. So within the DNR, so the whistleblower that I know from the DNR, within the DNR, there is a secret I want I to I use the word secret. I would say um, more secretive um, task force uh, that is comprised of, of ex-military um, individuals that have confirmed kills under the belt. And it has to be a certain number of confirmed kills. I don't think it's just one confirmed kill. It has to have multiple confirmed kills under their belt. And this information that I am receiving is coming out of Virginia. So remember, this is also confusing. So Virginia is not called the DNR. They're called the DWR, which is the Department of Wildlife Resources. So within Virginia's structure from this whistleblower, there is a special force task, task team that will get sent to all over the country to support other DNR agents and uh, FBI agents and whoever they, they kind of, any specialist they're allowing in that bubble, they get called on Bigfoot cases, dogman cases, and werewolf cases. And I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. This was a lot for me to swallow because I'm like, isn't dogman and werewolf the same thing? I thought that for a long time. A long time. I'm saying a long time. I thought dogman and werewolf were the same thing. And I think a lot of our listeners probably do too. But from this individual, he says, no, there's the, there is a major difference. A dog man is, they're, they're roughly eight to 10 feet. They can get bigger and obviously they grow from puppies. So the puppy, you can see adolescence probably at five feet. Um, the dog man grows eight to 10 feet. Uh, sometimes they can grow even bigger, just like, you know, you can't kind of put these in a, their own bubble, just like a regular dog, right? These, these dogs range from eight to 10 feet on average. Um, and they have a long tail, they have a long tail and they have a snout of a wolf. They look very wolf-like, but they, they can become bipedal. And a part of me thinks that, are these the dire wolves of old, the England, the, the England, uh, England proved that the dire wolves existed in england they're just massive wolves 
So I'm wondering if, if these are direwolves of old, I'm not, not a hundred percent positive, but the werewolf is confused to confused with uh, Bigfoot a lot. It is a uh, bipedal and it, it, it go it, it can be high eight feet average high eight feet into 13 feet. I'm talking 13 feet massive. It has a, uh, it's very muscular, but more lean than a Bigfoot. It has a flat face, but it has fur everywhere, but, but parts of its face. It has, a, has fine fur all over its body. Very, very fine fur. No tail. No tail. And the werewolf can run like a wolf, but I think it has, its hands are more like a man's hands with, with shorter claws than the dogman. And I've heard some stats from these things. Uh, the dogman, the no, I'm sorry, the werewolf can cut through quarter inch steel like it's nothing. Wow. All right, and then moving on to the Bigfoot. The Bigfoot is the most powerful of all the big three. It it uh it can be as towering as up to thirteen and a half feet. So it can inch. It's a half inch higher than the werewolf on average. And they, they run from eight high eight feet to 13 and a half feet. So that's your big three. And that's what the DNR agent has told me they consider natural cryptids. But they have a code word for cryptids. They call it some other fruitcake name. But they call, those are the nat, that's the natural side of the house. The DNR agents also get called to the um, supernatural side of the house. And... And that structure is all different. The supernatural side of the house, you're dealing. Yes, yes. Go ahead, Chris. So this information that you're giving us is coming directly from a DNR agent that you've personally spoken to. Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll just call him. We'll just call him V. Just call him V. Mister V. Yeah, Mister V. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to 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 make sure I had that that right. Yeah. So this is, you know, like I said from the beginning, I haven't seen any of these things. And so it was a lot of information that I had to process, right? I had to wrap my brain around a lot of this. But to be honest with you, I believe it when I start looking at the numbers that uh, the continental U.S. has 1.9 billion acres, 1.9 billion acres and a vast majority, only 3.6% of those 1.9 billion acres are urbanized. Wow. When I think about those numbers, and then I think about the species, how many species are being found, there's no doubt in my mind that these things could already have been pre-existing in the deep woods. In deep woods, man, deep woods. You look from, uh, you look from North Texas and just draw a line straight north up into Upper Canada, up into the Arctic, Arctic Circle. It's just straight woods, bro. Straight woods. No man, no man lives there. <laughs> so you got to keep that in account. Um, and then all of the, re that's not even including reports coming from England and Australia and Mexico and South America. You know what I mean? That's this. I'm just talking about the continental U.S. Yeah. So, so, so this guy, this is Mr. V. This is someone that that you trust that this information is accurate and not 
some some sort of like misinformation psyop uh miss remember when i was talking to you in the beginning about your holy ghost mm-hmm. my holy ghost is telling me that this man is is right on uh two reasons he knew about something that happened locally here where i live that he couldn't just know Another reason is some of the thing, some of the uh, locations he's talked about. I have been to that I know there's government entities there, three-letter organizations. Number three, uh, there's a third point too, is that uh, this guy, this guy has this cut. Co- let's just say that this guy has validated himself with the with some stories that I, I had flung at him from different angles to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? He was validated with me. Gotcha. He was validated with me. And, okay. uh, he's hence, I don't even know if he's alive anymore. I haven't heard from him in, uh, almost a year now. Wow. So, wow. He was older. He was older in age. So hopefully he's lived out his age and, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to, Oh, go. I just wanted to clarify, clarify that. And so you were saying those were the natural cryptids and then yeah, these are, these are the cryptids that he, uh, the department, this is how the department has, has a natural grouping and the, within the natural grouping, the, the big three, which is dog, man, werewolf, and Bigfoot. That's where they hang out right um they have a supernatural grouping where it's more like the wendigo or uh um skinwalkers or uh shapeshifters and they this man as well as my other whistleblower in mexico will just say he's a he's just what's to say he's an insider in mexico he says that uh what did I just say? The shapeshifter? That's a real thing down there, big time. But uh but that's kind of in their their uh supernatural grouping within the DNR. So that's they have other names for how they group this, but for this podcast, for this show, we'll just natural and supernatural. And then they have names for each of them that are like code names. So uh what I want to tell you, one, one thing I wanted to tell you, and this guy kind of helped me out with this, is that I knew that, I knew that Bigfoot was, was being hunted for a while before I even came across Dogman and Werewolves. Like, I didn't even know, I didn't even think about Dogman and Werewolf. When I came to the Lord, I knew giants were real, and I led, led into Bigfoot, and I had a theory that maybe... Bigfoot, according to the book of Jasher, Bigfoot was a cursed man of some sort that was cursed to wander the earth. Um, according to Jasher and Enoch, uh, Cain was cursed to wander the earth and his kingdom could never have a home, which means that he was never a- allowed to build foundations anywhere and he was not supposed to be around man. So looking into the curse of Cain, I'm like, that could be a Bigfoot. I don't know what the curse, what the marking was. Who knows? Could it have been fur on Cain? Could Cain created a kingdom 
uh, behind our very eyes within deep woods that wandered for the last several, several thousand years, maybe. Okay. I don't know. These are theories. Um, but this DNR agent told me that they transported these things to a location in Virginia. Okay. So to connect the dots, Chris, I started doing some researches, searching on all the locations that the uh, Department of Wildlife Resources owned in Virginia. And this is where it gets very interesting and kind of, uh, it gets to the, it's, it, it gets interesting and dangerous at the same time, because now you're lo looking up some of these locations. And if you were to satellite imagery, one particular location, which I'm about to give you the address, Department of Wildlife Resources, 1796 Highway 16, Marion, Virginia, 24394. And you go to satellite imagery, they blur this bad boy out. And if you use Google satellite imagery, they, it doesn't even exist. It's just a green field. But I know that there's a structure there. So per this DNR agent, he says that they are flying these things into a facility in Virginia, and I knew it was in the mountains. This thing is in, the, is in Marion, Virginia. You can't find – there's an address for it, but you can't locate it per satellite imagery. Um, are they flying and bringing in Bigfoot and Dogmen? Where are the bodies going that they're shooting down, that they're hunting? Um, have they captured? There's been rumors that they had breeding programs on the Dogman, and they attempted the Bigfoot, but the Bigfoot was too uh, hard to hold down. And in the 80s, they released the Bigfoot back to the wild, and they do not have a breeding program to this day on the Bigfoot. But the Dogman and the Werewolf, they're able to actually breed. So just take that with a grain of salt, right? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a lot of information that we're processing right now, buddy. So and I'm looking at the street view right now of that address that you gave. And it just, it looks like just farmland. All right. So here, here, here's where it gets very interesting. And I don't have a computer in front of me. I kind of have this scene memorized. Chris, if this man is correct, he says that they are able to train some of these dogmen. Train. And then one of the images of this particular site off 1796 Highway 16, Marion, Virginia, there are cut-ins cut in the side of the mountain where you can see trails. Tell me if you can see those. If you could see trails, they're dirt trails. Is this, are these training grounds for a dog man? So I do see, I do go, see. What go like south of the pixelated blur. South of the pixelated blur, you'll see some trails. Could this be where he says that they were training these things? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's not letting me. It's not letting me look around on my computer here. I'd have to. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, uh, we'll just, that's just, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to give you that little golden nugget there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when I when I was researching dumbs and researching uh, other things in that nature, it's funny how Google blurs and pixelates uh, those images, huh? Aren't they amazing? (laughs) Wow. So just wanted to let, you know, keep your audience on the, on the lowdown. So as far as those three that you're talking about, they are, I mean, they're, they, they're natural. I mean, would that be, or is that just where you simplify? From what I said, from what this gentleman's saying. So, from what this gentleman is saying, they've always been here. And he says he, he knows that the crawlers exist. The crawlers exist. But they're recent. And there's two theories that are happening. Are, they are actually getting bred in some genetic lab and created. They were created as a weapon and they were released. They broke free. I don't know. Sounds like a crazy sci-fi movie. Or what I kind of was leaning to looking into more, the fracking. The fracking that we have been doing in this country has released them from their inner caves, inner prison. That's what I also have heard. What are the crawlers? I haven't heard of those. So crawlers are an entity that is all white. They're opaque. They have very dark eyes, large mouth with very sharp teeth and they crawl very low to the ground. They have a low silhouette and they're, they're, they're very white and in nature, they'd probably be more like, like an opaque elastic, opaque elastic. Their skin looks elastic. Uh, we don't really know how wide, how long, how wide they get, but they look deadly. They look like they're going to kill you. And from a few interviews I've heard, I've listened in on with a uh, Department of Defense contractor who's came across these things. They call they call them um, pull-ups. They call the entity pull-ups. And you want to know why, Chris? Because these things hang in trees and wait for people to walk by, and they pull them up, snatch them straight up, and eat and devour them. So, what would this thing? look like like it, has it... It, it has it it walks it has a very awkward walk its arms are very long almost to its knees but the elbows are very sharp and it walks with his elbows cocked on all fours its uh back legs are the knee is inverted on the back legs and they're the legs are they're springy They've been known to jump, but uh, this one contractor that I've heard, um, he called his whole team calls them pull-ups because they hang out in trees and they will snatch you straight up. So, trying to process all of this, Chris, and I'm a very, very logical, deep researcher, over analytical man. Okay, I want you to know that. I know that the planet Earth is more epic than the Lord of the Rings. We have creatures here that would just blow your mind beyond the Lord of the Rings. I was an art student for a little while, and I had to study light, L-I-G-H-T. 
I studied the light spectrum. The human eye can only see a certain part of the whole light spectrum. We can only see certain things. There are entities that live in the same dimension as us, because I only believe in one dimension. There doesn't need to be multiple dimensions. If you study light, there could be entities that walk in the other side of the spectrum that we cannot even see. So I want you just to know that, that our human eye can only process a certain portion of the light spectrum. The light spectrum goes way beyond what we can see. So could it be that all of these things could be living here within our universe? Sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. I don't believe that the Bigfoot, Dogman, and Werewolf are in that category. I don't even necessarily believe that the, the, uh, the what did I just call, call it, the rake or the, uh, what, were we calling it the rake or the skinwalker? Or the, the crawler. The crawler. Yeah, the rake and the crawler are the same thing. Oh, so okay. The rake and the crawler are the same thing for your audience, for you. Yeah, I have heard of the rake. Yeah, the rake and the crawler are the same thing. But could some of these other entities, could they also be living on the other side of the light spectrum? There it is. So, so you think they're in this dimension, flesh and blood, that if you, you could bump into them, it's not that they're living in a different dimension that's overlapping this one. They're flesh and blood. You would bump into it and just not see it. And we Have don't you ever it. been in a very, very dark place, a very scary place, an old house, an old warehouse, a cave? Have you ever been somewhere and you can't feel, you feel like you can't keep walking on? You just feel like I need to turn around I'm, you, or even felt like you've been shoved when there was no one around? Bam. Also, remember that the, Jew, the Jews, and I want to speak for all Jews, the Jews, uh, the ones that I've came across, they all have been taught by their rabbis. You never go into deep woods. You never go into deep woods. And you never go to cemeteries after dark. This is a Jewish custom. Why is that? The Hebrews knew. The Hebrews knew of these things. You know, another name for the dogman is Hellhound. Where have I heard Hellhound before? I heard Hellhound when I was reading 2 Samuel. When David was running from Absalom, uh, one of these men, oh, what was his name? A Benjamite, Benjamite, son of Gera, called David a hellhound. It was a curse. Do you know hellhounds? They are basically like a dogman, and they guard the gates of hell. Could these real? Could these be dogmen? Hellhound. Are you pulling up the scripture? Yeah. There we go, baby. It's second. It's second Samuel. Uh, man, second Samuel. I want to say sixteen. Where is it? It is sixteen. I'm trying to find it in second Samuel. Look up second Samuel sixteen seven. The guy curses David by calling him a hellhound. <laughs> so what what translation is that? I'm looking at the the King James and it says, and thus said Shammai, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, I think I spread it in the ESV or 
just type in uh Bible Hellhound. I think it's ESV or I thought it was King James, honestly. Maybe it's New King James. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, but could it be? I'll, could I'll it be? All oh, right, wait, wait. Look up. Look up. Oh man, this was in the message, right? Was that a message? Message is funky, but I've heard yeah. Hellhound in there. Um. Anyway, could Hellhound be the same entity as the Dogman? Possibly. And then within that other supernatural category from the DNR, they have giants because they're just so rare. But they do they do claim by this man that giants are exist as well. Giants, crawlers, shapeshifters, wendigos, feral humans, skinwalkers, cursed man, large amphibian, amphibious reptilian bipedal yeah so between the board of education being flung flung into america's states and us being taught to learn a certain history us you know never never teach us on finances never teach us on uh how to be an entrepreneur it's like John D. Rockefeller, who helped build the Board of Education, wanted us to uh, wanted us only to be middle class, hard worker bees, and don't don't free think. Right. Absolutely. So, with the DNR, why keep this stuff a secret? Are they keeping it a secret because they don't think? the public can handle the information is there something more nefarious going on one one thing that i've heard is that it's linked more so to like the the nephilim that they may be kind of living underground in the caves and the caverns and that they have deals with our government that will will provide them with humans essentially to eat and to sacrifice i've heard i've heard that before i don't know if there's anything to that well well chris like like we've both talked about before the dumbs are a real thing could we have uh contracted out a certain amount of time here in this country where they could take humans to feed could it be a satanic ritual for the elite could it be uh the industrial military complex you know I, it has something to do with our national parks for sure and people are going missing i mean the missing 411 thing i think it drives it drives the nail into the coffin there's people confirmed to be missing from our national parks and no one's doing anything about it. We have very strange uh, government presence in the government and the in the national parks. We have departments in each state that some of them have task force that are called, uh, aka the Men in Black. And these aren't all the representatives of the Men in Black, by the way. These are just a portion of their task force, 
that go pick these entities up or take them out, confiscate people's phones, threaten people's livelihoods and go to their home. And who knows what else? Get the IRS after them. <laughs> who knows? You know what I mean? We know that these people exist. So for you to say that maybe humans are being blood sacrificed, I've heard this theory multiple times and there's a strong satanic presence in majority of our states and people go missing and the satanic uh, entities that are there, they crave human blood. Let's just call it what it is. What is, if it's, I mean, they're craving human blood. Right. And there's things, un, I, I believe that there are things under our feet, under, in, under the surface of this earth. You understand the depths that we're talking here. I mean, miles and miles deep below your feet. Miles below your feet. I mean, that's a long way. They have intricate structures under the earth. These are proven. These have been proven. Right. They exist. Well, you know, and it's not just man-made structures like the tunnels that you've talked about with deep underground military bases, but just just look up uh, the Mammoth Cave System. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it is so big, and there's much of it hasn't even been uh, explored or charted or, or whatever whatever word you want to exactly. use for that. Exactly. It's massive. You could massive. you could literally have cities with millions of people in some of in these systems. They're so big. And that's yes. just one of them in in the US. Yes. So I'm sure there's going to be some some scientific genius, some nerd out there. Trust me, I'm a nerd at heart too. That's going to say there's no way that you can have life under the surface of the earth. You don't know that. You do not know that. There are some massive cave systems that have free air flowing. There's area, there's places down there that, yes, there's other gases and man can't go, but there's other places that man can go very deep into the earth. We have men that can live on submarines for six months at a time underwater. They can live under the water for two years if they have to. No problem. That's under the water. You don't think that we have intricate ways to live under the surface of the earth? I mean, let's get let's wake up. We need to wake up the people. Right. <laughs> people need to wake up. Well, check this out. If you Google forest in cave, and one of the searches that comes up is an NPR search scientists discover an ancient forest inside a giant sinkhole in China. Wow. And the, the pictures that you'll see is again, a massive forest that before the sinkhole opened up was just completely underground. So it somehow is getting enough airflow and I guess sunlight. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of plants that can grow um, without a lot of light. I don't know. I don't oh know yeah. How, oh yeah. How forest grows. Oh yeah. I have a green thumb. Light. Like, like I said in the beginning, Chris, 
I want to, I want your viewers to hear this. By the way, your show's going excellently. I I I, I love your show. I'm a big fan, and I'm going to get some gear, some merch here soon. Appreciate it. Um, like I said from the beginning, Chris, 600 to a thousand new ocean species are being found every year. 18,000 new species of plants and animals are being found each year. That's on the surface of the earth. We don't, we haven't explored all of these caves. There's caves out West that we had, no man has explored yet. Could there be underground ecosystems? Yes. 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 We know that there are, we know that there are science. Don't listen to mainstream media. Turn off the CNN Turn off your board of education, regular education, and go out there, people, and start doing some research and digging. These places exist. The earth is more epic than Lord of the Rings. I am telling you. You don't know. Here, I, I was just thinking about it before the call, Chris. Listen. If you were a very large, powerful, I'm talking powerful creature, that only came out at night. You were nocturnal, right? And you were fast. And you lived in deep woods, in a deep ecosystem in the earth. And you came out every once in a while. And man thought that they saw you. And they try to take pictures of you. And every now and then, they might get a little good blur of you. How easy do you think that you are to be detained by any man? I mean, the DNR struggles with these creatures. Yes, they caught, they caught a dogman and a werewolf. At, who knows how long that took? And they bred them. I do believe that. But they couldn't even detain the Bigfoot. They can't even detain the Bigfoot. They said they tried a breeding program in the 80s, and they got so terrible they couldn't detain him that they ended up having to release him. They couldn't breed him. He was undetainable. We're talking about powerful nocturnal animals stronger than a bull if you ever been to a, a real rodeo and seen a real bull that towers over you they're over six foot tall try to capture one of those at night you know what i mean they're nocturnal and they live in deep woods i truly believe that these exist they exist and i might have this might have to be another episode but i got a hookup in louisiana that knows where some of the, you can find some of these dogmen. It'll take a, it'll take all night, but he'll he'll bring you to them. And they're in. I, I got a couple. I got a couple wild friends and a couple wild brothers. We're thinking about taking that trip, Chris. It's in Louisiana, in the bayou, in the swamps. Not a good place to be. Not a good place you want to get lost. But I believe what this gentleman, this gentleman's going to bring me on a hunt. <laughs> and whatever whatever uh, YouTube video I just saw, who was it? There was guys that were trying to track down the Bigfoot. Who was it? The uh, it was a big podcast. The comp, what are they called? I can't remember. I don't know. You probably know. no. I don't. I don't There's know. There's a don't... pod. Someone, one of your listeners has to comment down below. Who, who? Uh, the confessionals. The confessionals. The confessionals went on a dogman hunt and they didn't. They didn't really see anything. I mean, add a boy for them. I'm glad they went on the hunt. They're brave enough to do it. They saw a few crazy incidences like of trees shaking and knocking and getting real close to home, but they didn't see anything. I'm going to see something down there in Louisiana. I'm going to tell you what, and I'll give you a play by play. I ain't, yeah. I ain't leaving there without seeing something. How about how, that's what I'm going to tell you. I would. Like, 
The confessionals end say, up leaving. The confessionals end up leaving the woods. I ain't gonna leave until I see some. <laughs> I I will say I'd I'd go with you if if I thought for a second that my fiance would uh well soon to be wife would let me let me go. There's my no- wife my yeah. wife is gonna kill me. But she's gonna <laughs> let me go because she lets me go on one super adrenaline junkie trip every year, and that's gonna be my next year's. Nice. And I'm not going to – I don't think I'm going to bring big guns. We might bring a couple big guns in case things get rough. But I'm going to come in peace to it. And if it, if it comes at me, I know, how to, I'm gonna, I know how to lay some lead down on this thing. And I, I know enough from a couple of my friends how to put one down. Because this DNR agent that I'm calling, I'm t- calling you about named Mr. V, he taught me how to take one down. Th- I, this guy is legit. <laughs> you need a certain – you ain't going to take this down with a 38. You ain't taking this down with a 38. He's, you, need, you need something higher than a 45 to take this thing down. And it needs to be a precise shot, which I got. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where do you have to shoot it to, to kill it? You got to do headshot. You got to do a headshot. They, the dogman has a, has a breastplate. You know how you feel your chest, right? That breastplate there, it's so thick. Anything less than a forty-five won't even penetrate it. Won't even penetrate it. So it's got to be a headshot. W- whether you get it the eye and the snout and the and the nose, uh, the the eye, the snout, the nose. You don't want to go much lower than that. You could go if you had buckshot, you might be able to get away with one in the chest. But I'm not intending on bringing a shotgun. <laughs> maybe yeah. my backup. Maybe my backup will. But look, I'm coming in peace, and I know the whereabouts of where they, these things supposedly are deep in the bayou. And I'm going to go there. And guess what? Dogmen swim, supposedly. You know, they're great swimmers. So there's that aspect too, be it at night in the bayou. There's already gators around. And then dogmen, they can also swim. Whoa! There goes my, <laughs> there goes my adrenaline uh, thermometer exploding mercury all over us and just raining mercury <laughs> <laughs> so do they call it dog man because it'll it'll walk it looks kind of like a dog and it'll it'll stand up on but massive on like the size of a like a size of a dire wolf and i think there is a a good uh a good clip of one that went viral there is a viral clip of just look up large wolf that uh that seen by man walking dog and see this thing just stays on all fours but it's a massive wolf could that have been a dog man i don't know i i tend to tend to say no but it could have been but that video went viral i mean look at the size of this wolf that this dog runs up on it's like running in between trees that's all i remember Mm. anyway anyway buddy what else you want to talk about so you mentioned the I'm not gonna call it a mer a merman, but I'd like to hear I'd like to hear oh, it's so haunting. detail it's of haunting. that story. Yeah, so uh I got a couple I got a couple good buddies that are that were SEAL team and they're expert swimmers. They get dropped off at different points and they swim all over the place. They swim all over they're just amazing swimmers, right? They swim all the time. They're swimming with their gear, they get dropped off in the middle of the night, cold warm 
every type of climate, these guys get dropped on. That's why they call them frogmen. <laughs> they get dropped in all sorts of environments. Well, this particular guy, he was struggling on gear. Um, they had a problem with their boat. He was off the shore. He was way out. I'm talking all international waters. And he was swimming. And I, this, I do not believe this was training. I think that they were on a mission. And something happened. The boat went down or got obliterated. And he's out swimming in deep water. I'm talking deep international water. And he's low on his equipment's beat up and he's swimming out there and he's, he believes he's swimming in, in the correct direction. And there's already a search and rescue party coming out for him. He has comms with uh, the team that's coming for him and they, t they direct him to a buoy because there's these large buoys out in the water that we, the Navy will put out uh, other, other entities or internet international entities will put, these very large buoys out. Sometimes they're marking something. Sometimes they're marking the continental shelf. Who knows, right? There's this, there's massive buoys out in the ocean in certain parts. And he's talking, he's telling me this story about how his team directed him to a buoy and they said, we'll pick you up at the buoy. And man, this story was like bone chilling when he told me. I got goosebumps. And he, he's, he found the buoy. He sees it out there on the horizon line and he's swimming to it. And he's like, yes, I'm going to make it. I am going to make it. And he told me he felt like he something tugged his leg down into the water. He felt like a hand grip grab his leg and tug him. And I'm like, wow, that's haunting. And he's like, yeah, it was haunting. And I thought it was like a squid. He thought it must have been a squid, right? Because squid will do that. Um, so he thought it was like a medium sized squid that had wrapped him and grabbed him, but he's like, man, it felt like a man's hand. And then he, he gets to the buoy, right. And he's, he's, he's like, I'm at the buoy. And he's just like, he's in the zone, you know, he's, he knows everything's working out for the better in this certain scenario and his team's coming to get him. But then he sees a head a silhouette of a head poke, poke up out of the water near him. And he's like, what the? And he said it had massive eyes, massive dark eyes. It had pointy ears and it had like amphibious reptilian skin. And it was just looking at him and it was looking at him. And, it, and he was like, get out of here. And he was, he was hitting he was splashing water. He said he, all he had was like some glow sticks. He had like, he had a knife. And uh, so he was waiting for this thing to come at him. And the thing would just swim around the buoy and then stop and look at him and poke his head above the water. And he, he said he could poke. He said it would swim. Like he knew it was powerful because it would swim vertically up. You know how you're, uh, when you're just dredging water, dragging water like kicking your feet in the water. He said it right. would it would drag it would kick its feet straight up so you could see like where his uh where his uh, uh reproductive organs would be, his crotch. And it would stay in that position looking at him. 
kicking straight up, looking at him, and then it would bob back down and look at him. And he said that his body was slick, right? But his hands were large and webbed, large and webbed. And he was a weird color, and he was scary. He had pointy, sharp teeth. And it was just looking at him. He's in the international waters, hanging on a buoy, waiting for his rescue team to get him. And this thing is just sitting there. He doesn't have, all he has is a knife. And I'm like, dear God. And he said it, it, it got really close to him. I, I can't remember if he said it tried to grab him again. I don't, it, it, I know that he never got in a scuffle with it. And that he never got in a scuffle with it. It tried to like get close in on him. And he was just going, this, the seal was going berserk. Like, get back from me! Come on! Come on! You want some? Come on! Like that kind of berserk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so when he told me that story, I was like, wow. And then Mr. V told me about on the coast of California, he had came across something that, that had killed a worker in a field. So you know how, you know how, Carolina, uh, I'm saying, did I say Carolina or California? On the coast of California, you know how the landscape is? It could go from like mountain to kind of lowland to cliff to right. Pacific Ocean. I mean, it's beautiful. He said that there was like this farm right on the base of a mountain, and one of the workers on the farm, a Spanish guy, he had his arm lobbed off by something that came up out of the ocean. And so he, he responds to this call and he, from what he tells me, he shot this entity like six times and dropped it. And it's being researched somewhere in Virginia to this day. And it was, it had one, it had hook hands. The hands look like sharp blades that curved. And it was headed to the ocean because it was aquatic and it was bipedal. So remember in the beginning of the show where I'm like, yeah, I believe in large amphibious bipedal <laughs> cryptids. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so wow. he killed this thing and it got airlifted to Virginia to get studied. Did he give you any other description other than that it was bipedal? He and said it uh, had gills around the, the neck area up into the skull, large black eyes. The, uh, the nose was pushed in. It was flat faced, big, sharp teeth, just like the seal said it had, his feet were webbed, large, like flipper. It, it was, he said it, the, the creature was fast. So he was trying to figure out like his feet were webbed, but it wasn't like you walking in flippers awkward. You know, he was fast. The thing was fast on land, from what the from the from what the DNR agent said, it was fast on land, headed for the water, and that's where he met it, and, and shot and killed it. So, I think that the term merman <laughs> kind of I know for me it's it's a it's a decent term only because what you're describing is a human when you say bipedal. You you do mean like walking on two feet, but humanoid. Yes. 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I Chris, 
I believe this guy. I believe the seal, man. There's no reason. Seals don't have any reason to sugarcoat anything, bro. They're Navy SEALs. Right. They don't sugarcoat stuff, dude. They t- the stuff they talk about is real. <laughs> right. Right. Well, they ain't, they ain't sugarcoating stuff, dude. I believe him. It's not all that dissimilar from, you know, you have people working in fields like pilots, like commercial commercial pilots and and military pilots who talk about seeing really strange things in the skies. Yeah, they have no reason to make up these stories. Yeah, and they don't. And and here's the thing, Chris, you and I. We stand on the word of God. That's our foundation. I, I, I've talked to you many times, and I consider you a good friend of mine. So where in the word of God do we stand? Well, one, one place I stand like from the get-go is that God's creatures are getting discovered every year. And some creatures, the scientific community, because it's very Darwinistic-based, does not want you to know about certain certain creatures, aka giants, because it doesn't go with their agenda. Right, and and that agenda is at its root and its core a demonic agenda. When we talk about yes Darwinian evolution and, yes. and everything that links to that. Is, is literally just to try to disprove the Bible and to try to, in some way, show or prove that God is real. Exactly. That's what makes it demonic and satanic. Exactly. So let the listeners know, don't let the, the wool be covered over your eyes. Open your eyes. This is a satanic agenda meant to cover your eyes. There are other creatures, other entities on the earth that if we started to study them would prove that evolution could not take place because they would not fit. They do not fit in it. How can you, how can you explain a large bipedal humanoid when you're, you're having trouble explaining evolution from us, from an amoeba and from megalithic man and from, Neanderthal, you're already having trouble with that aspect of it. Evolution, though there is adaptation, evolution, the Darwinistic approach is wrong. It is, it is a lie. It's deceitful to you. We, we are all a part of a divine creation. We made from a divine creator. There is a divine creator that intelligently designed you. You have multiple systems working in your own body that science cannot explain. Whether it is the nervous system, whether it is the digestive system, whether it is your own flesh and bone, you have so much design involved in your own body that science has, is still so fathomed about. One thing you talk about these different species on land and in the ocean that are being discovered. We are still discovering muscles and organs in the body to this day that we didn't know about. 
Exactly. The mainstream scientific community would have you think that they know everything, that they've got everything figured out. Right. Could could not be farther from the truth. I have a very, uh, I have an upper, my, I have an uncle that's, that's very renowned in the geological society, right? He worked for USGS. His name's David. And, uh, he, he discovered some great discoveries just along the bays of the East coast, the Chesapeake Bay. And he would be the first to tell you, I mean, this guy was like, a special he was a special scientist worked with the gov he'd be the first to tell you that we know nothing we know nothing he is a mad scientist i walk into his his office before and literally there's thousands of maps everywhere and he'll pop out of a map like of a out of a movie scene like he's a, he's just discovering new things and he has discovered many things across the land, but he'd be the first to tell you, we are just scratching the surface that the scientific community knows nothing. And here's the thing. My uncle, he can even, he told me the trajectory of the water when the flood, the, when Noah's flood happened, the trajectory of the water that swept across the land. He's, he's found that in his research. He knows that the waters came from the East Coast to the West Coast, knocked off the tops of the Appalachian Mountains, spread them all the way West, and he can prove it scientifically without a shadow of a doubt that the tops of the Appalachian Mountains are all the way West and it only happened during a great flood. He can prove this, but yet the scientific community will will preach and feed you a buffet of evolution lies right yeah and, it, and it, again it just if you if you trace these things back it it's as simple as they don't want you to believe that the biblical narrative is true because if the biblical narrative is true then that means there's a god that created you and that you are not him, that you are not God, that you do not have ultimate control over your life. And then it just goes to the, the enemy's plan. And this is cliche, but it's so true. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he's not real. Because if you don't Bam. believe that he's real, then you're not going to fight him. And if you're not fighting him, he is kicking your butt exactly nicely said chris that's the truth and what was that i was about to just man you just had me you just blew my mind right there but that's the truth that is the truth we know we know that there are shark's teeth on the tops of mount everest and the andes and the himalayas we know this on every mountain range, there's seashells and shark's feet. <laughs> you know, the the series that Grant Hancock, uh, Graham Hancock, there we go, has on Netflix. Have you started watching it? Ancient Apocalypse. No, no um, I haven't. Man, 
you got to check it out, bro. Man, I, I, I've cut off a lot of TV and I've just been researching and wa- okay. I have been watching certain things, but, uh, it's a documentary. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I'll definitely look at, I'll definitely look into it. I will watch it. It's a documentary series. I mean, he's going around the world, basically uncovering these different sites that prove that the age of the earth is, is much older than, than we think. And oh yeah, I'm in like the second or third episode and they're talking about the great flood, how all these cultures have, have these stories of a great yeah, flood. The, the, if you haven't heard the great flood narrative, you've been lied to. I mean, there's, there are kids out there. They've never heard of it. They, they didn't grow up going to Sunday school. Maybe they didn't go to church and guys, the, there was a great flood across the whole planet. It was Noah's flood. Even the earliest Chinese dynasty talks about how they came from eight men on a ship, eight men. Let's do the math. Noah and his three sons, that makes four. And their four wives, that's eight. The Chinese said eight people, eight men, whatever. But they, there was great flood across the whole land. And one thing I wanted to tell you earlier, Chris, is that I do differ with Timothy Alberino. I truly believe, I'm not afraid of cryptids. And I'm going to be hunting one here very soon. But I truly believe the scripture where every knee shall bow. Every knee bows and it says every knee shall bow in the heavens and the earth and under the earth, under the earth. I wonder what those are. I'm not afraid of any cryptid because by invoking the name of Jesus and my level of faith, I know that certain entities will stop in their tracks, right? But I do not know if that's going to stop a grizzly bear. I don't know if it's going to stop a Mack truck because I can't just go stepping in front of a Mack truck and trying to do that. That was not wise. There was no wisdom in that. Right. Do I believe that Christ can do anything? Yes. Yes. But I also believe he gave us wisdom. (laughs) I don't go jumping out in front of Mack trucks unless it was divinely, divinely the will of God. So that being said, where I differ from Timothy Alberino, Timothy thinks that grays could take you up against your will, even if you're rebuking them in Jesus' name. Or uh, it's something like that. He thinks, he thinks invoking Jesus' name won't stop it, stop it because it'll wipe your memory. I believe that they, it will stop them. The name of Jesus will stop the grays. The name of Jesus, it may stop, the Bigfoot Dogman and the werewolf. I believe I, in my level of faith, I believe that it, that it will, but that doesn't mean I go and jump into a hornet's nest and start using Jesus name and saying, why God, why, why didn't I get, why did I not get stung Lord? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Do y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you're it's, it's a, it's a balance of wisdom, (laughs) wisdom and discernment. Right. Discernment, wisdom, be wise guys. Yeah. So if, if I feel like the heat is on and, and I'm hunting this dog, man, and I'm saying in the name of Jesus, you will bow and he still looks like he's going to lunge. I'm going to have a plan B. <laughs> right. 
And then God, I'm going to have a talking with God and God's going to say, Hey, Forrest, you weren't very wise back there. You know what I'm saying? Right. God created certain creatures to do certain things. You know, if he created the dog, man, it was meant to hunt, hunt big game and terrify humans. And that's what he was made for. Whatever. So, so with those, those three natural cryptids that we're talking about, or even, even the, I'm just going to, I'm going to call it Aquaman, evil Aquaman, Merman. Those oh, man. I really do not want to ever think about those. When I'm oh, home. man. I'm never, I love I'm the water. Swimming I in love the, the water. Again. I love the water, Chris. Yeah. Same. But is it, do you think, because, you know, if you, if you read the first book of Enoch, it talks about chimeric creatures being created oh yeah do you, do you think that those are possibly possibly yeah chimeric creatures yeah possibly like you like we talked earlier the cave system is so vast we don't know what kind of underground structures the uh uh antiluvian societies had the ones that were around adam we don't know what kind of structures they had from the get-go we know that 200 watchers fell to the earth uh, we know some of them are chambered some of them are not. Uh, what kind of structures could they have built under the earth uh, pre-flood? Could some of these creatures uh, existed from there? Yeah, yes, definitely. Could some of them been made in a lab? Yeah, yes, definitely. Could some of them been waiting for end times? Yeah, yes, definitely. Could some of them been been released early due to fracking? Yeah, yes, definitely. But one thing I'm going to tell your audience, and and I off, I have to tell myself. I use Jesus' name on everything. Use it. Every knee's going to bow. And uh, if the if something comes to attack you and comes down on your property, I believe that's a justifiable Lord. You need to step in in Jesus' name, and God will step in. Got to we got to build our faith, people. Yeah. Well, the word says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." Exactly. So yeah, we we have to operate in faith. Not foolishness. We right. have to operate in faith, and with faith, there there is a balance. Faith without works is dead. There's always a balance that we're talking about here, and so in operating in faith, we also have to be be wise and be discerning. Exactly. Even Elijah called a she bear to come out of the woods and mangle kids as he walked away. See, he was wise enough to walk away. He didn't hang out with the she-bear when that she-bear mutilated those kids that were making fun of Prophet Elijah, did he? He walked away. <laughs> he let that she-bear eat those kids, and he walked away. He didn't hang out around with, with it and make it a pet, <laughs> say, hey, she-bear, you want to be my friend? No. You know, that was wisdom. So I don't think that we're supposed to go poking fire and poking she-bears and, <laughs> and then not expecting something to happen. You don't – I don't – I don't expect hunting down Bigfoot and coming across his territory, his turf would be good for me. Would I, would I, would it be an awesome exp, exp, expedition? Would it be an awesome time to do it? Yeah, but it's going to be dangerous. Let's be honest. <laughs> you might get a large rock thrown at yourself, thrown at you, but they exist. They're up in Northern Canada. They seem to be all the way around Seattle. Oh, there's a story I wanted to tell you, Chris. I don't know how much time you got. 
I I know I got I got a roll in a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a story from a special forces unit. These guys had retired, and it was three guys. Two of them committed suicide after this job, and one of them told the story. But they got called stateside from overseas and they thought they're going to have some some mission but the mission was to to escort um state troopers into marijuana farms in northern washington so these marijuana farms have a lot of a lot of terrible things that happen they're usually mob ran uh the ones in southern california they have a lot of uh, uh mafiosos from mexico that are running them. So th- they need firepower oftentimes going in there. Well, this particular story starts off where uh, three special forces uh, individuals get called to escort state troopers, but they had large, um, large armored vehicles with mini guns on them. And they're like, well, that seems really excessive. Why do we have these? And uh, they're, they're going into a, uh, they weren't told much information. They just were there to protect the the state troopers. They're going in to invade a marijuana farm. Well, they don't see any people at all, but they did see some bear traps around the marijuana farm, and they're in northern uh, Washington, uh, north of Seattle. So, uh, so these agent these this special forces guy he noticed the bear traps and then all of a sudden he's hears the craziest screaming shouting and and in the middle of this marijuana field is an adolescent bigfoot with the bear trap around his calf and he's screaming and next thing you know there's mama bigfoot and then there, and then there's Daddy Bigfoot, and Daddy Bigfoot's massive. He's like a bull. They they have a certain name for him. He's like a bull, and he's stomping the ground, and he's they're trying to get the adolescent Bigfoot out of the bear trap. And on the comm, like this guy's freaking out. He's never seen a cryptid. He he uh in this interview, he's freaking out. He's about to he's breaking down. And this interview used to be able to find it on internet, and it's been taken down. Imagine that. So he's freaking out and he's like, am I, what am I looking at right now? Cause he's never seen a cryptid and on his comms, it just says, take them out, take them out. And the mini gun starts going off and the father Bigfoot jumps. And it says that they were like, like 75 yards away, like 75 to hundred yards away. It jumps uh, about 50 yards. And now it's like within swatting distance. And it was about to swat swat these guys. And the minigun was just going off on this massive bull Bigfoot's head, just going off on its head. And it was they were finally able to take it down. And then uh they took out the they long story short, they took out the adolescent and the mother. They killed them and airlifted them out of there. And the whole time they thought that they were there. To, for the mob, the fight the mob, or whoever was running that marijuana farm, but that's what they came across, and that's why the state troopers need them. And two of his buddies that were there that day, uh, from the whole the whole scene, and then they got 
they had to they had to sign paperwork that never speak about this. Two of his buddies committed suicide, and he he was like on his deathbed and ready to. Uh, he he's like I don't I don't care what I signed. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, tell the world what I saw. So, I yeah. I actually I actually heard this story from a guy who who has some Bigfoot encounters. Um, he was uh, he was an army officer that I spoke with who who encountered Bigfoot in um, uh, Fort Knox um, in Kentucky. Oh yeah, and I can't remember how he came across this story. How did you come across that story? This oh, I, fa- I found no, no, no. I uh, I found that doing some digging on a on a private VPN. Okay. And it uh it popped up, and then now I can't find it at all. I wish I would have downloaded it. It was yeah. a real interview. The guy was like, the guy was riddled with cancer. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean the story, the story that you told it, it, it's the same, it's the same story that he told me. I can't, I don't recall where he came across that story. I have to go back and, and listen. I haven't released those. Episodes. Yeah, but this one was in Was. I know it was in in Northern Washington. Yeah, he, I don't think he said his encounters were in Kentucky. Um, mm. he, he, I don't think he, he wasn't saying that that I don't think he was saying that that happened in Kentucky. Um, I can't remember. Um, but it was a similar story. That's that's wild. Yeah, we can. Uh, I got some other things I could talk to you about. And, and I bet uh, you do. Oh, yeah. I, I came across some interesting stuff in my you know last 15 years of research. Yeah. Um, well, some of some of them just kind of some of them uh, ha- ha- was more like happen chance. I didn't realize what was happening at the time, and then and then uh, n- after I really became a Christian, I did some real digging. Yeah, which was wow. about ten years ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. I love you, man. Yeah, Happy bro. Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you. Love you, Mister Frosty, and. Uh, all the we'll have you back on so we'll i'll catch up with you and we'll have you back god bless you all right brother love you man love you too have a great day you too bye-bye happy thanksgiving you too man